0: What's up everybody back with another one shooting it straight with myself justin jackson um and my guy the guy that makes it everything happen behind the scenes producer john um we've actually got a game to talk about that goes down in the win-loss column uh so you know i think when we look at when we look at this team going into this season there's a lot of things that we thought that we really liked um that if they were able to do on the court um, i think they could be really good and I think Monday was the first glimpse of kind of some of the things that they this new look team brings I think when you look at the game the way it started I think is going to be the perfect picture of how North Carolina basketball should be this year Um, you know the past couple years all it's been we've talked about all it's been is just force feeding Mondo point guards trying to isolate and get you know, shots off and kind of, I guess, us almost hoping that they can make enough outside threes to be able to open things up enough for the inside game. And so when you watch the way this game starts, it starts off with back-to-back threes. It starts off with Mondo's dunk inside and then, boom, back-to-back threes. And I think, you know, they only hit seven of them, seven of 20 for the game. But when you watch the way that these threes happen and the way that they shoot them, there's a different different level of confidence whenever I watch, whenever I see these guys shoot, you know, not that they didn't have guys before that could knock down from the perimeter, but when I watch some of these guys shoot, it's just, you almost expect them to make it. And, you know, they, they shot some shots last night that I, I don't think we've really seen them shoot um, the last couple of years, you know, it was transition, pull up threes. It was, um, you know, off of, Dribble handoffs shoot behind the screen threes that we haven't really seen much of and so you know you you see that and then. It starts to you really start to see the picture of how the outside shooting can really create problems for other things. Um, You know i'll always go back RJ Amanda are kind of the main. um, The main catalyst of this team, but. When you see the outside shooting, all of a sudden now the picture of of the defense guarding this team, the inside is wide open. You know, obviously, I think Radford had a few bigs that were down, but now you leave Mondo one-on-one down low against somebody that he's more than likely going to win the battle against um, in most situations. So I think that's why you saw Mondo play the way that he did. You know, it's still... One of the things that I always go back with Mondo, though, is, man, he could have had about 40, you know, just based off of some of the little bunnies that he that he missed. And I'm sure he's kind of kicking himself over some of those. But, um, you know, obviously, Mondo started off extremely well. Um, And, you know, you also saw obviously R.J. didn't shoot the ball, you know, as well, I think, as we're as we're used to seeing, But he was able to get downhill a lot because of the spacing. Um, He was able to get open shots. And, uh, you know, I think that's a a big key for this team.
1: Yeah, as you said, R.J. Davis shot six of 14 last night, one of five from three. So as well as UNC played, there's still tons of room for improvement across the board. It was an 86 to 70 win over Radford in the first game of the season. In this episode of Shooting It Straight, we are going to get into all the details. I do want to take a quick second to give a shout out to our sponsors as well. Uh, We have two sponsors on this show, Johnny T-Shirt, who sponsors all of Inside Carolina's shows. Uh, So if you're in the market for some new UNC gear ahead of basketball season, uh, head over to Johnny T-Shirt on Franklin Street or to their store, johnnytshirt.com. And I also want to give a quick shout out to Congruity HR. They are a North Carolina-based HR provider. They empower small and mid-sized businesses. Uh, So if you are in the market, For that, check out congruityhr.com slash Tar Heels. Let them know that Inside Carolina and the Shooting It Straight podcast sent them your way. Justin, let's get back into uh, the game a little bit. Uh, UNC, as you said, uh, got off to a really hot shooting start. They made their first five three-point attempts, and also four different starters made threes for UNC. Um, so can you elaborate a little bit more on what you saw across the board from UNC's shooting? Um, how do you think the Tar Heels looked in that department in, in the first game of the season?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, obviously 7 for 20 um, isn't necessarily great numbers on paper, um, but it was good enough to open things up, like I said, inside. Um, I think a lot of, a lot of the things – a lot of the shots that came they came off of great actions um you know you saw paxton's first shot that he had was off of a down screen and he kind of read his defender the way he was guarding him and you know flared back to the corner and so so i think when i watch it even though they only hit seven threes there's so many opportunities for these shooters to get open looks because of the things that they're running and you know, I think, like I said, when Pac shoots it, when Cormac shoots it, when RJ shoots it, even when Harrison shoots it, like I, I have a confidence level of them knocking down those shots, which for me personally, I can't necessarily say I had the last couple of years. Um, and so I think that's something that's very exciting It should be um, really, really good and really um, enjoyable to watch as the season goes on. I think, you know, that kind of goes right into you know, exactly what this team, I think its identity is going to be and what it has been. And that's Mondo inside. You know, I was watching um, coach Davis's press conference and he had mentioned that he always tells the guys that we need to get basically rim pressure. So rim pressure is just getting either a dribble drive or getting the ball inside um, to attack, attack the rim. And, um, you know, when I there was there was a certain play in the in the game that I saw that was totally different. Um, and I hate to keep going back to you know prior years, but it was totally different from kind of a picture that I saw on a consistent basis. But, you know, they passed the ball into Mondo and it was four guys around him inside, and there was nobody that was helped. Helping. There's nobody in the paint. There's nobody digging, um, you know, helping off the guy that passed it because they couldn't. Um, you know, it was Harrison, Pax, Cormac, and RJ all around Mondo. And so when you see that kind of picture, um, obviously Mondo's already he's already accomplished a ton in North Carolina, but within college basketball, he's one of the most dominant bigs. And so now you leave him playing against either one-on-one. Or because of the spacing, it creates a tougher double team for the defense to have to come over and double him. And so now that they have to come from further because of the spacing, it's easier for Mondo to make a decision, okay, I got to make a quick move and go score. Or I see him coming, now I can get the ball out, I can you know make plays for somebody else, somebody's got to be open with this double team coming. So I think that's going to allow him to really expand this offense even more you know years prior the double team was already there before they even passed the ball into him there was already somebody in the middle of the paint ready to go you can't do that now um, and so I think that's the biggest thing and I think that's you know I think that's a great start um, you know I think one thing we have to talk about is obviously I know probably most fans are thinking oh Radford we should have blown him out um, from the jump and that kind of stuff. I think this was the perfect start of a game. I think that this was literally the perfect start that this North Carolina team could have had from the standpoint of Radford is a quality basketball team. Um, They had some guards that were making some really tough shots. They had some, you know, guys that were making some plays for them offensively, and they were fighting inside as much as they possibly could. But they weathered the storm um, going into the second half, um, you know, I think there was a there was a span. I think it was from like 15. Yeah, it was from 15 minutes in the second half to about six and a half minutes. They held them to six points. So for basically almost nine minutes, they held them. They held Radford to six points. Um, you know, and I think a lot of that was kind of the defensive uh energy and effort that they, that you saw them have. I think they started picking up full court a little bit more. Um, they started getting up into the ball. Um, you know, you saw a lot more of you know Radford was having to get shots off at the end of the shot clock um, which is really I think that's a that's a big key for this team offensively I don't think they're going to have an issue scoring the ball Um, but I think defensively seeing the effort and and you know the energy that they had on that end was big Um, you know guys like Seth coming in defensively causing some issues Um, even Elliott coming in and you know, picking up the ball full court and trying to get up into your, into his man a little bit, I think caused some issues for Radford a little bit. Um, But then you also looked at eight turnovers in the first half and three turnovers in the second. Um, So in a game like this, really all you're looking for is to get better and better as the game goes on. Um, You know, you know, Radford's going to come out with a lot of energy. They're probably going to come out, you know, they've got nothing to lose at the end of the day. And so, and, and at the same time, this is a team with five, six brand new guys. And, like we talked about before, the gelling is going to take a little bit of time. But I think really when you watch this this team, they look like they had been playing with each other for a while. You know, they look like they knew exactly where certain guys wanted the ball, certain actions that guys wanted to run. Defensively, they were able to switch one through four, one through five sometimes um, with really no issue, no miscommunication. You might have seen, you know, a few times where there was some miscommunication, but for the most part, everybody was on the same page. So, I think this game was when I was watching it, you know, it was obviously we would love for them to just come out and just blow them out by 40, you know, but I think with a game like that, they did exactly what a good team needs to do. And that's just to continue to weather the storm and get better as the game goes on. So I think that was a great sign, great sign for this team.
1: Yeah. And and to your point about Radford, they had, uh, 28 field goals and only five assists. So I think that shows a little bit. They were hitting some tough shots, but as the game went along, and this is something that Hubert Davis talked about in one of his post-game availabilities, UNC kind of wore Radford down a little bit. Maybe some of those shots that were dropping uh, in the first half, maybe were hitting the front of the rim uh, in the second half. So I think that speaks a little bit to the depth as well of UNC's roster. Uh, they played uh, 11 guys last night, really, really 10 guys, because Okonkwo only came in there for a minute there at the end. Um, but we we got to see Jalen Washington play pretty well. Uh, Jalen Withers kind of stood out in, in his limited minutes that he played. Obviously, Cadeau came off the bench. Uh, from those set of guys on the bench, uh, who who kind of maybe sparked the most for you?
0: You know, it's it's interesting because... I think when it comes to the whole question of who's going to play from the bench, how's the rotation going to happen from the bench? um, You know, as I was looking back, I even texted Theo yesterday to ask him kind of what, how many minutes did the guys, whenever I was at school or when we were at school, how many minutes did guys off the bench play? And they played about the same amount that some of these guys played off the bench on Monday. You know, obviously, we probably had like three or four guys that played about, you know, 15 minutes. But, um, you know, all you need from guys who are coming off the bench is to bring energy defensively, um, whatever their skill set might be. You know, when you see like a guy like um, Withers come off the bench, you see an athlete, a guy who can switch one through five, basically, offensive rebound, um, attack off the dribble to get downhill. And so. You know, you just need him to come in and do that extremely hard for those 15 minutes or however long he might play off the bench. Um, you see a guy like Zayden come in and he brings nothing but energy. Um, and then a guy like Elliot, you know, you just need him to come in and play make. Um, you know, I think there was, you know, I think RJ as a point guard, I think he only had two assists, something like that. But a lot of that was because of him not necessarily being the main playmaker on the court. Um, And and a big reason of that is was Elliot. You know, he came in. He he had what six assists. He he led the team um, in assists, and a lot of those were obviously great passes and getting downhill, um, attacking the rim, and then making plays for other people. So that's really all you need from guys who are coming off the bench is just to come in and be themselves and play with a lot of energy. And I think you saw everybody that came off the bench did that. Um, And I think uh, you know going off of Going off of kind of some guys that I think kind of stood out. Um, you know, I'm already let me know if you want to hop on the the Harrison uh bandwagon, man. We've got plenty of space. Um because I think when I watched when I watched the game, you know, his his stat line wasn't crazy. It wasn't like he, you know, had 30 and 20, but when I watched the game, he was effective in every area that you would. Need somebody to be effective in you know he was um defensively like we said with them switching when them starting one through four and him being the four it's like switching another guard onto a, a guard um so you know i think you saw that he had a couple you know blocks where he was defending a drive and then was able just to go up without fouling and you know block the shot um you know, so defensively he was able to do that. Rebounding is is never an issue with him. And then you look on offense, you know, obviously we talk about RJ and as him being the point guard, I think a lot of times Harrison is kind of the point guard of that team per se, you know, RJ might be the guy who brings the ball up and maybe initiates the offense, but when it comes to really making plays and getting guys open and things like that, I think a lot of the game, you saw Harrison kind of being that guy, you know, there was, there was a play in the second half where I think he drove, didn't have anything, so then he posted up, um, you know, backed his man down a little bit, and then threw basically a hook pass over to Cormac over in the corner, and he knocked down a three. Um, you know, I think there was a few times where you saw him in the post being able to take advantage of smaller guards, um, you know, and then obviously he had a few threes that he knocked down, um, had a couple drives. I uh, had a couple, you know, drive to kicks. So, you know, I I uh, I think watching him, he's so steady. Um, he's he's consistent. Um, obviously, you know, he's got to continue to do it throughout the season. It's just the first game, but when I watched everything that he did, he was effective at all levels, all spots that he was in. He was effective, and um, you know, I think that was that was really. You know, just kind of backing up my point of how important he is for this for this team, and uh, you know, hopefully he can continue to bring that out.
1: Yeah, that was something that was surprising to me watching him. It was sort of my first extended chance to watch Harrison at, at UNC. He was a little bit more physical than you expected, and it wasn't like a Pete Nance where he's kind of posting up and then fading away into sort of a away jumper. He he was not afraid to kind of use his strength and his size and to get right to the rim. Uh, So I think that is definitely a a needed skill set for UNC, as you said, for switching as well. I want to come back to uh, Cadeau because I think he's just going to be so important uh, to this team. You referenced it already. Uh, He had six assists against two turnovers. Uh, I think another thing that Cadeau was doing was really trying to push the ball up the court and being really aggressive with it. If you're playing with a guard like that, who's going to make that throw ahead pass, does that kind of change how you're approaching offense? Are you running back a little bit harder, knowing that that pass could be coming?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think, I think all the wings guards is to run in transition. I think that's the, that's their their number one job when it goes from defense offense. Wings get out in transition, um, but it gives you a little bit more uh, excitement to get out and run in transition knowing that there's somebody that might be able to kick you the ball ahead. Um, you know, and I think Elliot, it, it, it goes right back to what we were kind of talking about with Coach Davis. Like, he wants them to put pressure on the rim, whether that's getting the ball inside to Armando or, it's, you know, driving to the basket and putting pressure on the rim that way. And when you watch Elliot, I mean, I think, you know, we talk about his pace and how he plays at his own pace. But the way he gets out in transition, it it, it looks very similar to how old North Carolina point guards were always known to play when it when it came to transition. Um, You know, there was there was one play where I think it ended up being a turnover. I think Zayden might have tripped and and fallen. But there was one play where he got the ball in the outlet, took one dribble and threw a bounce pass up to Zayden up the middle of the floor. And, uh, you know, that just makes people want to run because you know that he's looking for you. You know, I think what he had, what do you have? Five points, um, all game. I think he only had five. He only shot a few times. Um, so knowing that you have somebody that's really looking to get other people involved, it makes the energy of the basketball is so much better. You know, that's, I think that's something that, you know, most fans don't really fully comprehend. Um, but when the ball is moving and everybody's touching it and, you know, everybody's getting the ball in in certain scoring situations or with the ability to make a play. Something about the energy of the basketball just is so much better as opposed to, you know, if you have one guy that's just trying to isolate every time and trying to go get their bucket every time, it kind of causes people to kind of not enjoy playing um, as much. So having a guy like Elliot offensively is, is amazing, but I think really, you know, even on the other end, like to see him pick up full court and to put that pressure on the point guard. Yeah. I mean, I think he got scored on a couple of times that happens in basketball, but causing their offense to start higher on the floor or picking them up full court and making them start, you know, with, you know, 20 seconds on the shot clock, as opposed to 25 seconds on the shot clock is a totally is a huge difference um, compared to them just running their offense just comfortably and being able to do it you know whatever they want I think that also it's kind of Elliot and Seth whenever you saw Seth come into the ball he kind of into the game he kind of got into the ball and you know people call it heated the ball up a little bit but basically just made the ball handler kind of turn his back and make sure that he doesn't turn the ball over first which is huge because now you take them out of their offensive play that, you know the coach wanted them to run and now they're trying to do something, you know, out of out of character or whatever that might be with the shot clock running down. So I think those were I think those were huge, huge things um, defensively. I think just kind of seeing it, and like we talked about, as the game went on, they got better. You know, the the energy and the pickup and the um, full court pressure, it got better as the as the game went on. And you know, against a team like this, you know, for one, you can't give a team like that too much confidence because there's really no telling what might happen. But, um you know, for them to, to weather kind of like you talked about, 20-something field goals to five assists, I mean, it's like sometimes you have to tip your cat to the offense and you just got to keep on keep on playing because eventually everything's going to even out. So to see that stuff from him, from Elliot, and then also, you know, I, I keep on mentioning Seth, you know, he played – You know, a few minutes and when he came in, you knew he was on the floor. And I think for a guy coming off the bench, that's what you need. And so when you watch that, I think that that's big for this team. And, you know, hopefully they can continue doing that. Subscribe to Point Forward, the podcast, so you don't miss a thing.
1: Yeah, and, and like you said, too, they complement each other. Elliot knows he can pick up full court. If he needs a breather, he's got Seth to come right in and just keep the intensity up and, and keep it going. I wanted to bring this stat in as well with Elliot. Uh, he led the Tar Heels with six assists, as we talked about. It's the most assists by a freshman in a North Carolina debut since Bobby Frazier recorded seven <laughs> against Gardner Webb in the 2005-2006 seasons. That's pretty impressive for Elliott. I think his playmaking is going to be really needed on this team as well uh, because he kind of opens up the offense. Uh, It it seems like, though, the playmaking isn't just coming from RJ and Armando and maybe Elliott. It feels like the playmaking is pretty widely distributed. Uh, When you look across the box score, there are assists sprinkled in by everyone. We already talked about Harrison a little bit. He had three assists. Paxton Wojcik and, and Cormac Ryan, uh, they both had three assists, which was interesting for their first game. Mm-hmm. You don't think of them as you know, traditional playmakers, but maybe they're ball movers. They keep the ball moving around the court, adding some more energy to the basketball, like you said. And one more thing on Paxton, I, I love to see this. You know, He took a big cut in the pregame. He's out there fighting through that. And then one of the last possessions of the game, he said a great sort of back screen or cross screen uh, to free up a three-pointer there at the end. So I like to see that as well. Shooters who aren't just invested in getting their own shot, uh, but freeing up with a tough screen. I believe it was Cormac who hit one of the last threes of the game there.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it's a very, uh, underrated skill to be able to be a shooter but also play off of closeouts um you know a lot of times whenever you're in a scout you know depending on who you're playing if you're playing against a really good shooter a lot of times you want to try to get them inside the three-point line um, because you know they can really get hot from outside the three-point line but when they their percentages drop a little bit once you get them inside the three-point line so with shooters like Pax and Cormac and RJ and even like a guy like Harrison. um, When teams now they have to respect their three point shooting so much. Now when teams start running them off the line. Now that's whenever they can start making plays for other people or themselves, you know, and I think that's why you kind of saw the box score look the way that it did when it came to the assist column, because now you have to run Cormac off the line. And when Cormac gets off the line, he's smart enough. He's played enough college basketball, that now he can make certain reads um, that need to be made when Pax gets the ball. If he doesn't have the shot, you know, for sure, he's going to be able to drive and make the play. I mean, I think there was even a first it's funny because as I'm watching the game, there's certain plays where we didn't even really get anything out of it. But for me, it was encouraging to see those plays happen. Um, there was a play in the first half where Pex, somebody ran him off the line, he pump faked, he drove in, and he tried to look for a lob to Armando down low. Um, but I think Radford came in and stole it, um, or it was just a miscommunication. But plays like that, I think are plays that you're going to, we're going to see pretty consistently because people are going to have to run these, these guys off the line. And once again, it's something that we just haven't seen in a while, right? Like you see guys that are more willing to just help and then short close out, which short close out obviously is if it's somebody that, you know, you don't necessarily respect a ton shooting, you're going to close out a little bit before the three point line and hope that they shoot the ball as opposed to drive it. Um, and so, you know, now you see guys having to run all the way to the three-point line. And that just creates so many more driving lanes, so many more um, you know, places to make plays for other people. And I think that's kind of the difference. It's just, you know, it starts with the threat of the outside shooting. And you know, it, it's 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 just different, you know. I think when you when you really watch it, it's it's uh, you know, refreshing and it's you know, like, yes, this is what I've been waiting for this offense to have. And this is what this team has needed. Um, you know, and I think that's that's kind of what is so exciting for me is just even after the first game, it's, you know, and 23s, I think, is you're going to see that averaged throughout the season. You know, I think you're going to see that maybe more throughout the year. Um, you know, I think there's going to be some games where they – They might go 12 for 20, you know, and I think that's just going to cause more and more issues whenever it comes to teams, scouting them and trying to figure out, okay, now we have to figure out, can we double Mondo down low? Because anytime we go, he's able to kick it out to somebody that's going to be ready to knock down a three-point shot or be able to play off of a closeout and have our team defensively in rotations. And I think that just can create so many problems for teams. So I think that's, that's super super encouraging for me going forward so hopefully they can continue to play together I think that's another thing that you know I think we haven't really talked about a ton but how much they really played together you know it's it's one of those things where it's a brand new team first game everybody's wanting to kind of get their jitters out and wanting to kind of get their first buckets and you know be aggressive offensively but that ball was moving you know, you saw a few plays. Everybody touched the ball, got inside, got back outside, and then all of a sudden got the ball back inside for Mondo to finish at the rim. And you know, it's 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 just fun to watch. You know, it's fun basketball. It's basketball played the right way. Um, and obviously, there's some there's some things that they can they can fix a little bit. You know, Mondo can finish some of those bunnies. I think RJ had a few drives where you know he could probably finish or you know do something different at the rim. You know, whenever he gets in there and um, things like that. But, you know, it's just a lot more encouraging signs for me than whenever we started the season, uh, you know, last year, the year before.
1: Yeah. I think you see the experience as well. This was a crazy stat to me. The Tar Heels five starters had a combined 416 college starts uh, heading (laughs) into last night, 416 in this era of college basketball too, uh, with so much player movement, UNC has put together a roster that has so much experience. And you saw that too, maybe a little bit in the second half as well. You know, maybe a younger team would be a little bit nervous. You know, obviously no one wants to lose the first game of the year, especially a game that you're not supposed to lose. But I did not sense at all. There was no panic. There was no, hey, let me go try to do this myself, take a quick three, uh, anything like that. So I think that is something you're saying as well, Justin, the experience of this team really stood out.
0: Yeah. I mean, when you look at it, I saw a stat, Cormac's what, 25. Yeah. Um, I mean, for one, that's three years younger than me, but yeah. uh, you know, that's And you last nothing.
1: played in 2017. Yeah, right. So you've right. been out for and, a while.
0: <laughs> and so it's like, you know, that right there, I mean, he's seen so much more college basketball than a majority of the players that they're going to play against. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, you even see him—you know, an older guy. He got a steal in the second half, got on, or I think maybe first half got a transition. Um, I think Harrison got an and one layup, and you kind of saw the the energy and the you know celebration, and the excitement that he had, even as an older guy. And so, like you said, I mean, it's it's college basketball is all about experience. Experience is the best teacher, and when you have a ton of guys that have experienced a lot. I think it's going to make the transition of a brand new team even easier.
1: Yeah, you you referenced it. It was game one. Uh, the next game for the Tar Heels is this Sunday. They play Lehigh at 2 p.m. And then they have UC Riverside and Northern Iowa after that uh, to kind of kick off this early slate of the season. Uh, speaking of first games of the season, <laughs> I want to actually take us into the time machine here. Take us back to... 2014, November 14th, UNC rolled out a lineup of Marcus Page, Justin Jackson, Bryce Johnson, Kennedy Meeks, and Theo Pinson in the first game of the season. Justin, we wanted to ask you a little bit uh, since a lot of Tar Heels just played in their first game uh, in the Dean E. Smith Center, first game in a Carolina uniform. We wanted to ask you about your first game uh, for the Tar Heels. What was that experience like playing against? Uh, north carolina central
0: you know what's crazy is i want to back it up a little bit more um because when you had mentioned this to me i had to really go back and like watch and even look at what the schedule was of that year um and it reminded me about uh you know how this this journey of college basketball can be a very up and down situation um you know i think we had late night at that time it was called late night with roy We had late night, and I want to say maybe I was the leading scorer in late night. And, um, you know, I was feeling good about myself. As a freshman, you're like, okay, I want to set the tone. I want to kind of let everybody know what I'm about and what I'm here to do. And I want to say late night I was leading scorer maybe. Um, First couple exhibition games, I want to say I was – I probably averaged maybe 15 or something like that. So I felt really, really good and then all of a sudden you go in into the game and see central and i think you said what 9 3 and something um,
1: 9 5 and, and 3 assists yeah 9
0: 5 and 3 and uh you know I, prior to that game it was like man like the coaches they got to they got to run things for me like i'm already shown that i'm you know i'm here like i'm ready and we go into that game and uh you know, I obviously I was blessed I was blessed to start and play a ton of minutes like from the jump, you know, so I definitely have that that leg up when it comes to being a freshman um but it was like I wasn't I was just kind of you know within the flow of the game, you know, it was like, okay, I'll get a transition layup or I'll get offensive rebound layup or you know that kind of thing. It really wasn't like you know running hey, get just a shot or whatever, which is totally different as a freshman. Because in high school, every single play for you is is to get you a shot, like every play. Um, and so, yeah, I'll, I'll never forget kind of that that mindset that I had going into the game. And then it was like, okay, well, I guess I got to find kind of where I fit into this whole scheme. Because obviously I had a guy like Marcus Page, who was the, the, the face of our team at the time. Um, I had a guy like Bryce who was just ready to, you know, blow up within college basketball anytime. Um, and I had guys who were had already been there who were, you know, dominant inside, like Kennedy, Isaiah, and, you know, JP, who was already there as well, you know, kind of at that wing position that had been through it. And, you know, it was just trying to find my situations and trying to find where I fit into kind of what was already set there. Um, you know, cause one thing about Coach Williams is rarely did he ever change what he had already going on for a new player and uh, which obviously won him multiple championships and, you know, won him a ton of basketball games. So I'll never forget that, you know, the, the, the game itself, I can forget, but the mindset that I had going in, like, okay, yeah, this is it. And now as I'm older and even, you know, my sophomore and junior year, I realized that for one late night was basically glorified pickup you know it wasn't anywhere close to regular games the exhibition games were usually against lower tier teams and you know it wasn't um uh, you know anywhere close to the same you know difficulty level of a regular game and uh you know I had to take I had to take that one on the chin a little bit when it came to my ego and my pride and you know kind of go forward with that and uh you know I'll never forget as a freshman Um, We got into a locker room one time and uh, we're sitting in there. And, you know, Coach Davis was, I think, I want to say that was maybe his first, maybe first or second year as an assistant. Um, And it's funny that it's Coach Davis now that he's the head coach. But we're sitting in there. We were struggling. And, you know, Coach Davis would, he would rarely say anything when it came to halftime. You know, if anything, it'd be like something encouraging or, you know, something like that. And we're sitting there and he goes, Hey, guys. And he points to Marcus and he's like, Hey, that guy's a pretty good player. I think we need to get him the ball and get him more shots. Meaning to everybody else, either set him a screen or when you have the ball, look for him. Um, and I always give Marcus a hard time for that. Cause I'm like, Hey bro, from that point on, I felt like all I was doing was setting a screen. I would go from one screen, look around, try to set another screen. And, uh, you know, as a freshman, those are just things you have to try to figure out. You've got to figure out where you fit in, the things that you need to do to help the team. And, um, you know, then also the, the, the places and the areas that you can be aggressive when you get the ball. And, uh, you know, it's just a learning learning curve and a learning experience that's different than anything you've ever experienced, you know, in your basketball career up to that point. So it's, it's, it was cool to go back and kind of think about kind of how I felt that year. So. Uh, yeah, that was my, that's my first game at UNC. And first, I guess, first couple experience of being on the court while I was at UNC my freshman year. So it was, uh, you know, definitely a a learning experience for sure.
1: Yeah. Hearing you talk about that, reminds me a little bit of of Cadeau's first game. You know, he's kind of feeling things out those early turnovers. It's part of the process game one. It's not a finished product at all. Uh, Also, I want to say, uh, Theo Pinson in that game, uh, four points, uh, three rebounds, four assists. So when you see him this week at practice, you can remind him uh, that you outscored him in in both of y'all's first game uh, with the Tar Heels.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I already give him hard enough time um, when it came to that because I think also the backstory with that, something happened with JP. That was the reason he wasn't starting because that's the reason Theo started that game. Um but obviously now Theo's, you know, played in the NBA for a while, made a bunch of money for him and his family. And, you know, now it's it's just a little friendly, you know, banter back and forth now. But I for sure will let him know, hey man, you made you had four points, bro. Good job, man. <laughs> it's uh it's impressive. Uh but I'll I'll for sure give him a hard time.
1: I uh I don't think that's the only time that you outscored him over the course <laughs> of your uh, <laughs> UFC careers either. So you you might have that on him. Um, but yeah, as we uh, talked about with this show, we'll be coming to you every single week during college basketball season on Thursdays. Uh, so keep an eye out for next week's episode, uh, recapping game two of the season. Uh, Justin, any final thoughts before we close out today?
0: Man, same thing. Um, I'll always say thank you to everybody that's, that's tuning in, um, everybody that's watching or listening. We definitely appreciate it. I enjoy this a ton, obviously. You know, John is the, the the guy that makes everything happen behind the scenes. I just get to come on here and talk a little bit. You know, I get to hear my voice a little bit. So um, we appreciate every one of y'all. Um, like I said before, just continue to be fans, continue to be um, the best fans in the country, um, supporting these guys. You know, it's one game of hopefully many many wins that they'll have going forward. Um, there's things that they can do better, but there's also a ton of things that they, you know, did right and and really well. And I think it's something that's very encouraging for me, and hopefully it's encouraging for everybody that's you know watching UNC basketball, watching this, watching this podcast. Um, so yeah, we appreciate y'all, um, and be ready for another one next week.